Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to this, another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. We have some stuff to cover on today's episode. We really hope you're excited and ready to do it. I am Josh, and I'm always joined by my co-host, Alex. We are recording here on a Wednesday. Still debating uh, when to put this episode out. Obviously, you know by now when it's out here. Um, Let's see. Let's go right into it. So, Alex, how are you doing today? Um, You know, I'm doing fine. It's, it's been, it's been tough. It's been very cold here in Jersey. So it's like not much to do. You got COVID. So there's obviously not much to do originally, but, uh, you know, I want to get your take on it. How you doing today? I'm doing good. Um, it's nice. It snowed a little bit last night here, um, around where we live in New Jersey. So that was fun. Um, and it's nice cause I hate shoveling and don't have to shovel it was only a thin layer of snow enough with the weather forecast here for new jersey but uh i'm excited for today's episode super bowl coming up um brady's back in it again what can i say the buccaneers coming through and i mean if he wins in the super bowl i i i mean he's the goat right i i know i've changed my mind on this right we, we went back to this he's now the goat in my opinion um I mean he kind of always was I just kind of didn't like to admit it but now it's like whatever he's on the Buccaneers not on the Patriots kind of different it's almost like he's not the same Tom Brady you know he's more likable on the Buccaneers I don't know maybe because the Belichick Brady dynamics just not as good whatever I don't know who I'm rooting for in the Super Bowl I don't really care I'm kind of past that already I'm looking forward to the offseason the Giants offseason mock drafts are coming out uh free agency kind of tidbits are starting to come out a little bit. Um, so it's exciting to see. And hopefully we'll have more to talk about because while we do have some stuff to talk about, it's nothing really like major. Yeah, nothing major, right? Make sure to stay tuned, obviously, you know, very interesting stuff to talk about. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep on listening to this episode, obviously, uh, right here in the beginning. But yeah, we got to tackle Giants news first. But I would definitely like to talk with you about the conference championship a little bit uh, weekend as well. So let's start off by just some quick news. Of course, you know, I think it was right after we got our episode out. Turns out that Saquon and OBJ are going to be rehabbing together after their injuries, um, which is cool. Shows that they're still friends. I don't like OBJ anyway anymore now. Um, so but that doesn't really matter to me. Cool that they're staying in touch, though. And obviously, we hope Saquon will be ready by the start of next season, which is still up in the air. We don't know for sure. But well, from what we've heard, everything's going well so far. Um, and, and it seems like he's doing okay. And, you know, Alex, you mentioned mock drafts. So, so let's go to this. All the mock drafts are coming out. We got week after week after week. I got a few of the top ones here to talk about their picks for the New York Giants. Obviously, Alex has done a Jalen Waddle draft preview on the GiantTake.com, so go check that out. I've done a Kyle Pitts preview on the GiantTake.com, so go check those out as well, and we will see both of these players in these. So let's start off with Alex's favorite website in all of NFL, um, PFF.com. They draft Jalen Waddle. If you don't understand that reference, go listen to the last episode or you know prior episodes. Um, you know, is Alex's love-hate relationship with PFF. Mel uh, Kuyper's ESPN mock draft had Kyle Pitts going at number 11 to the Giants. Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network also had Jalen Waddell, so in agreement with PFF.com. And Todd McShay um, from ESPN had Gregory Russo getting drafted by the New York Giants. See, this is a new one, and I haven't seen this recently. And, you know, this might give me or Alex an idea of a little draft preview on Gregory Russo next. But um, obviously a very elusive defensive end from Miami, which is one of my favorite schools. I don't really have a favorite, but, uh, you know, he did, he is a very um, – that is a very good school that I like to follow as well with the gold chain on the sideline. It always gets me, uh, you know, very hyped up. I, lo- I love that. But uh, he recorded 15 and a half sacks this season. He won all-conference honors as a redshirt freshman in 2019. And he also won the ACC Defensive Rookie of the Year. So he's only 20 years old. And he's a very good player for his age. Um, obviously, we know that he could be going to the Giants. He can be going. Um, usually, most of the picks for Gregory Russo are later in the draft. Um, obviously, because he's a very young talent. And so it's more later in the teens. But an interesting one. You know, Todd McShay kind of switching it up. Alex, your thoughts on this? Going back to Mel Kuyper, what has happened to that guy? I don't know what's going on. If you look at the rest of the mock draft, right? Obviously, we're going to touch more on the Giants stuff. But if you look at the rest of the mock draft, he has three wide receivers going in the top, what is it, six, top nine? What is going on? He had Devonta Smith going to two at the Jets. Maybe I'll look crazy and he'll look like a genius on draft day, but I don't think that's happening. I, I don't know what he's going on about. There's some lots of questionable picks there. I think Mel Kuyper's kind of lost it. Um, just wanted to get that in there. Uh, but obviously, Mel, if you want to come on the podcast, we know you're very brilliant and very talented as well. So uh, we'd appreciate that. But the other mocks, Jalen Waddle, uh, I like to see that. I don't think Gregory Rousseau is the best pick at 11. I think I, I just don't think he's the best player. Obviously, he's physically very gifted, but I don't think technique wise he's very good yet. And I'm not sure if you want a project like that at the edge rusher position when we really need like a top, top edge rusher, I feel like. And maybe we look in free agency, not sure who's going to be available there, but maybe that's a better place to look for an edge rusher um, than in the draft. And Jalen Waddell 
Kyle Pitts. Those are two players that we both reviewed uh, on the blog section of our website. So go check those out. But yeah, um, definitely some interesting picks there. And I'm sure we're going to see more um, coming soon. But definitely these are some, especially Kyle Pitts and Jalen Waddle, you'll be seeing a lot uh, for the next few weeks in these mocks. Yeah, kind uh, kind of elaborating on what Alex was saying, um, you know, with Mel Kuyper, if you don't understand, here's a breakdown of what his top 10 looks like. He has the Jets picking Devonta uh, Smith at number two, so not even going with a quarterback. Number three, the Miami Dolphins, which is questionable right now because of Sean Watson. Um, his top two teams where he would like to be traded to came out the other day, having the New York Jets uh, above the Miami Dolphins. So maybe they pick a quarterback there at three, the Dolphins, if they don't get Watson. But he has them going with Jamar Chase. There's another wide receiver, Alex. You mentioned that Atlanta Falcons, Zach Wilson. That's fine. Um, and then Penny Swell going at number five to the Cincinnati Bengals. Philadelphia Eagles getting Jalen Waddle at number six. That's obviously why they tanked that game. Thanks, Doug Peterson. Number seven, Detroit Lions, Justin Fields. Number eight, the Panthers getting Teddy Bridgewater last season. He is then picking Trey Lance. Number nine, the Broncos, Micah Parsons, or Mika Parsons, right? Yeah, Mika Parsons, whatever it is, Mika Micah. And then Dallas Cowboys, offensive lineman Rashawn Slater. Um, And then, obviously, with number 11, us taking – oh, sorry. He changed it around. It was um, – it was first – no, it was Kyle Pitts um, that he had going there. And, um, yeah, that's who Kuiper had at that uh, spot. Anyway, Alex deleted the um, the draft, so I have no idea who he picked, but I believe it was Kyle Pitts. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, moving on to the next thing, um, Eli Manning, he spoke to the New York Post recently. They had an article about Tom Brady and all that. And um, so basically Eli Manning did not say what we all wanted him to say. No bragging rights against Tom Brady. He said it's one of those things. It's not something I ever say or ever think a lot about. Manning told the Post on Tuesday, I've been around Tom numerous times, and I never brought up a Super Bowl uh, or our games versus them. He actually brings it up. Um, it still bothers him a little bit, especially the 07 one, when they had a chance to go, when they had the chances to go down as the greatest team of all time. Good job by Eli Manning staying humble and, you know, keeps Brady thinking about it. As long as Brady brings it up, then Eli doesn't have to bring up a single thing. So that is actually pretty cool, to be honest. Um, You know, Alex, any thoughts on that since Eli Manning is your favorite giant? No, I'm not surprised that he doesn't bring it up. But, you know, I'm sure he won't be. You know what? I'm not going to say he won't be rooting for. I don't know. I'm I'm not in Eli Manning's head. I'm not going to predict who he's rooting for in the Super Bowl, but. Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised that he doesn't bring it up, but I, I'm, I'm actually uh, a little bit surprised that Tom Brady brings it up. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't really have any thoughts on that. It's just kind of like a little like gossip news, not really actual. I I don't know. I have no opinions. (laughs) I don't like talking about these kinds of things. All right. Once again, Alex's favorite PFF.com still going to bring it up. Um, they actually have the giants, Andrew Thomas named as a 2021 breakout candidate. I'm sure Alex will like that completely change his opinion on PFF once again and say they're the best site for NFL news. But uh, basically, Pro Football Focus thinks Thomas will show in year two why the Giants believed in him so strongly in picking him in the draft at the low pick of number four. Um, Thomas is one of six NFL rookies um, to likely break out in 2021. Uh, That's what PFF thinks. Alex, what do you think? 
I mean, my friends at PFF know what they're talking about, obviously, and I totally agree with them. I think Andrew Thomas, we get the right offensive line coach in. Obviously, that search is still, uh, you know, going on. And I think that he has a breakout year if they find the right offensive line coach, and that's a very big if. But my friends at PFF know, and I'm going to trust them. So basically what they say is official, right? So he's breakout star 2021. Um, and obviously this week is senior ball week for the 2021 senior ball. That'll be on Saturday. Uh, I think it's like two 30. Yep. January 30th at two 30. Uh, it's basically the college football all-star game or for the NFL, it would be the pro bowl. Um, you know, a few players don't go to this and I don't understand why, but they get invited to the senior ball and they just don't, they don't go, I guess, cause they don't want to injure themselves or whatever it is. Um, but they have no, obviously what is it? They, they have no NFL combine to worry about this year. That's also something we need to bring up. Uh, no NFL combine this year. All of the scouting will be done behind the scenes, basically at the, you know, the, the colleges, uh, the pro day, I believe it's called. And, you know, it's going to be all behind the scenes, whether it's one-on-one with teams, uh, the scouting or, you know, with the colleges themselves, there will be no NFL combine, which sucks because when there's nothing to watch in the mid to late February, um, just to throw on the, the 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 scouting at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis, it's just it's just great because there's always there's content for hours. It's like so long, and you could just leave the TV on and then co- go and come back. And whoever like Giants are rumored to be taking, you obviously watch them specifically. But it's just a fun day and fun few days. It's like three days to watch them, um, and we're just not going to have that this year. Yeah, it's kind of sad not being able to watch it. I've never really been a big combine person. I don't know. I just feel like the combine, yes, it's fun, you know, seeing some players, you know, over exceed their expectations for, you know, like the 40 yard dash, stuff like that. Um, But it's like a lot of the drills, it's just, I don't think it really shows how good a player is when they're not in that game time situation. I don't know. I just don't really like it too much anyway. It's not it's something fun to watch, but it's not anything that I'm like overly devastated about um per se. And I think sometimes it actually really creates expectations for certain players in the draft that you know, we see them have a good combine performance, we think they're going to shoot right up the draft board and they really end up don't. Um so sometimes it's almost like counterintuitive to have the uh the combine so I'm okay with it not happening obviously not that they care about my input but um yeah it's not it's not too big of a deal for me but it's uh it's definitely still sad seeing something that's we see usually every year not happen yeah and um I think the biggest news of this episode um to be honest I mean come on it doesn't get better than this this is obviously sarcasm New York Giants have re-signed to a reserve future contract Ryan Santoso I mentioned it last episode that he was like the one player that we did not sign to a reserve future contract. And it happens very special day um, here. It actually happened a few days ago, but he is a punter slash kicker. Um, and you know what? Maybe this means he stays on the practice squad, but maybe it means the end of Riley Dixon because um, we wouldn't have re-signed him if we're confident, I would say, in our punter. Maybe we just need, we wanted the extra spot on the practice squad being filled by him. But I wouldn't say hopefully. But Riley Dixon hasn't been, you know, that good of a punter. So maybe, you know, maybe we try something different. Try Ryan Santoso. Um, he spent, obviously, 2020 on the Giants practice squad. 
He originally joined the Detroit uh, Lions as an undrafted rookie out of University of Minnesota in 2018 before he signed with the Titans in 2019. He played in three games, all with the Titans. He and he had nine. He had touchbacks on nine of his sixteen kickoffs. He's never attempted a field goal or a punt in the NFL, so maybe not. But <laughs> we will see uh, what happens there. And obviously, what you've come for for this episode: the wide receiver slash tight end, um, the 2020-2021 season player grades, player tiers, whatever you want to call it. Alex, are you ready for this? No, because most of this has been really disappointing this season, um, especially all our receiving options, our tight end options. And I really don't want to talk about how terrible our receiving core is, but it's a part of the process, so we have to do it. Um, so I guess we'll get right into it. And you know what? You know who I want to start with? The worst of the worst. Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram was awful. Uh, we have the tiers, by the way. I'm just going to go through them real quick. We have great above expected, average, below expectations, and trash slash awful. And Evan Ingram fits perfectly in the awful tier because he was truly awful. He lost a sing- he lost one game single-handedly, and he made a whole bunch of other games very, 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 very difficult. Um, and it was just not good enough from Evan Ingram. And maybe we hopefully trade him for like a seventh-round pick. I mean, that's probably what you get for him right now. No one really wants Evan Ingram, I'm guessing, but who knows? Maybe Dave Gettleman can work his magic, get a third or a fourth, something like that would uh, be quite good, and I would take that. Um, I'm not as harsh on Evan Ingram. I think he's, you know, he's dropped like so many passes though, and it's so annoying. So I have him in below ab below expectations because you know I would hope he would be good, and we're again still waiting for him to have that breakout season, and he's not been able to have that. So next up on the list, Alex is kind of messing up my order. Uh, let's go to Sterling Shepard because I want to go wide receivers down. We'll go Sterling Shepard. I will give him a – I'll give him a C. I mean, he didn't really have that crazy of a season, obviously. Maybe – yeah, yeah, probably like a C plus, if anything, for a grade. So I'll have him in the – I'll say like average uh, – the, the average tier, to be honest, for, for me. Didn't realize we were doing letter grades, Josh, but then he kind of shifted to the ranking tier. So I guess I'll just go with the straight ranking tier. I'm going to put Sterling Shepard in above expected, actually. I thought out of all our receiving options this season, he was pretty solid. He created the most separation, and he was a, a decent option, had quite a few good games for the Giants this season. Um, and I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go above expected for Sterling Shepard. I liked what I saw from him this season. Sticking with wide receivers, let's go to Darius Slayton. Not great from him. He was injured part of the time he's dealing with an injury for a lot of the season, but still below expectations for me. I thought he would really break out. Not, I mean, it seemed like he broke out a lot last season. I, I feel bad putting him in below expectations because I feel like, I don't, I don't know, it just seems... I feel like I shouldn't have had such big expectations for a fifth-round pick, but I did because of how he played last season, so I'm still going to put him in below expectations. Yeah, for me, once again, another receiver going in average, but it is going to be Darius Slayton, obviously. Not super hard, uh, but did lead the Giants in receiving yards with 751 and in touchdowns. 
um, with three uh, receiving touchdowns at least. I think it was it was a fine season for Darius Slayton. Um, obviously, a really good season last year. We thought he was going to really break out, and he didn't. Still waiting for that giant receiver to get like an over one thousand yard season. It's still we still are not able to have him. You know that that one receiver since Odell Beckham has left, and hopefully next season it is either with a free agent, a signing in the uh yeah either a free agent of draft pick or one of our players that we have on the roster now. Um, I just not I just knocked my mic over. Um, I'm so excited for the next player. Um, the next player I'm gonna have here is the awful Golden Tate. I already started with the uh the the trash awful section with what he is already. Trade him, get him out of here, drop him, uh, kick him in the dirt. I don't even care what you do, Giants. Just please do something. Um, and actually, I do have something about him right here, so I'll bring it up right now. Anyway, according to Zach Rosenblatt, the Giants can clear $39 million pretty easily by just releasing Golden Tate, Nate Soldier, Kevin Zeitler, Levine Toilolo, Riley Dixon, David Mayo, Cody Core, Isaac Yadam, and Will Hernandez. Rosenblatt added that some of those, like Zeitler, Yadam, and Hernandez, would also be candidates for restructures. Um, restructures, yeah, or pay cuts. So, I mean, most of those people on that list we don't need, right? I mean, maybe you want to keep Zeitler. Maybe you want to keep Mayo. Um, you know, I'll mention Yadam a little bit later. Maybe you want to keep, uh, you know, maybe you want to keep Hernandez. But besides that, like, that's fine with me. But anyway, Golden State trash awful. I'm done. I was going to put Golden State in below expectations, but with the disrespect you put on my boy golden tate i'm gonna put him don't you dare put him in average i'm still putting him in expectations (laughs) i thought he he was close to average right he didn't get a lot of playing time he obviously had some issues with a lot of things and you know it was just not his best season he's getting older i think the giants should cut him but i think the disrespect josh shows him is rude disrespectful and should stop and golden tate is going to the hall of fame okay the disrespect he he throws to Joe Judge and the coaching staff. Throw me the ball. Shut up. Like it's just like no. I mean, who like you're following someone who wants to disrespect Joe Judge? It's literally like the Baker Mayfield thing, right? Baker Mayfield he disrespected Daniel Jones. You don't really like him as a player. Golden Tate saying throw me the ball. Um, you know, and that's blaming his quarterback. That could be blaming the coaching staff. Whatever it is. Um, and he's obviously then he then apologized after getting. Uh, not being able to play one game and the coach is like basically suspending him for one game. You want to follow that player and say he's he's the role model. That's unbelievable, Alex. No, that's just I just I I can't even deal with that. Uh, Dante Pettis he played fine when he was in. I'll give him average when he played. I'm just gonna knock these out uh, real quick actually. So I'm sorry I'm throwing all these in one, but Dante Pettis is average. Austin Mack was average and CJ. CJ Board was average. All of these players were average. I have nothing to say about them, really. They were all very average as well. There's nothing to say about the three players you just mentioned. I even forgot their names at this point. They were that irrelevant this season. Austin Mack, Dante Pettis, and uh, CJ Board. Yeah, they were pretty unspectacular this season. They did absolutely pretty much nothing except Dante Pettis had that one catch that kind of helped us win the game or did help us win that game. So I'll give him an average plus how about that but they're all an average still um for me 
And then, obviously, the two other tight ends we haven't mentioned, Caden Smith. We wanted him to even be, like, a tight end one this season. Um, and and it just, like, wasn't it, – it, it just didn't happen. So, for me, I had actually expectations for him. So, I'm going below expectations for Caden Smith, which I feel like is a diss to him, and I'm sorry. Uh, but that is where I'm going to put him. And then Levine Koilolo going into this season thought we would have a bigger role. Uh, I'm laughing because Alex and I had him as actually like our Giants uh, best underrated signing going into the season, which looking back at that was completely stupid. This guy is 100% my below expectations. I don't even put it. I wouldn't put him in awful because he wasn't even given the chance to do much. Wasn't even out there for most snaps. But um, yeah, below expectations for for Caden Smith and Levine Toilolo. So I'm going to go Caden Smith and below expectations as well. But for Levine Toilolo, when he was in there in those heavy run sets, I thought he did a decent job blocking. Josh is laughing at me because, you know, he didn't really do anything that's noticeable to the eye. But I thought he was average. I feel like it's unfair to give him below expectations because I, I didn't have high expectations. I just thought he would be a nice little piece for the Giants to use in the run game with Saquon. Obviously, Saquon going down. Yeah, it was just not, yeah, Levine Toilolo is an average. I really wanted to come at the end of the season and be like, Levine Toilolo was great. I told you guys he was great, but no, didn't really work out that way. And it's very sad, but he'll be an average. Probably should be in below expectations, but I can't do that to myself. Just like I wish for Dion Lewis and <laughs> look, what, look what happened there. I mean, Dion Lewis... And Levine Toilolo, like, what bad job by us. It was just like, ugh, we, we, were, we were not knowing what we were talking about, Alex. But uh, next week, look forward to it. I think, what do you want to do, Alex? Actually, yeah, l- let's get your input in this. What do you want to do next week? I think next week will be defensive line and edge rushers. Perfect. So basically everyone on the D-line. Um, and obviously, you know, throw if you want to throw the edge rushers as like a different type of category. Where- how about D-line and linebackers? That's better. Sure. So we'll fit everyone in there. Um, you know, l- l- let's give a little preview right now. Look for a good rating from me with Blake Martinez and Leonard Williams. Um, that's what I'll say right there. Could see our very well first Giants in the great tier um, right there. We really have had, let's see, through our, I have it uh, on my on my list here. We've had Spencer Pooley and Great on the offensive line, both of us. Can't, can't, can't deny that. Um, obviously, just so good. Um, great for running back was Wayne Gallman, and that's it. So two greats, Spencer Pooley and Wayne Gallman. I think when we go through the defense, we're going to have a few more in there at the great section. Um, Alex, final thoughts before we move on. I think by this tier list, we can see that, yes, I had Sterling Shepard in above expected, but did he really deserve to be there? No, I just felt like being nice. So really, we don't have anything good going on in these receiving positions. Really shows we need to draft one. We need to uh, get one in free agency. We need to get someone to help Daniel Jones because right now he's throwing to a whole bunch of awful, below expectations and average receivers um, if we're being nice to them, the receivers. Yeah, yeah, if we are being nice. Um, We'll go on to – let's do it um, with the NFC – or the NFL Conference Championship and our picks – First of all, Buccaneers versus Green Bay Packers. Uh, great job by Tom Brady and the boys to keep it up, even though they were, you know, he threw three picks. Aaron Rodgers was not able to get it done. Obviously, we have the press conference after the game. He said that he, his future is uncertain. He goes on to the Pat McAfee show every Tuesday, which I always love to watch. 
Um, and he actually just mentioned there, you know, it was after the game, his feelings were a little bit high, um, obviously from going and crying in the locker room to going on the press conference and doing that. Um, it kind of, it, you know, it sucks. So, and he, he even said it on the Mac, on the Pat McAfee show, um, basically just saying that the future is uncertain and it's not in his control because right now it's about the, the Packers. And if they want to opt out of his contract, it's not a, it's not a, it's not and Rodgers that can do it himself. So Alex picked the wrong game there, and so did I, both going with the Packers. He had to flip one at least. He chose the wrong game. And then Chiefs versus Bills. Let's go. It was what a great moment for me uh, at that time. And now we have the excuses from Alex. He can give you all the, the excuses he wants in a minute, but you know, let me have my moment here. Take it in. Apparently, according to him, because he quote-unquote, didn't try the last few weeks in the NFL season. He had it, quote-unquote, in the bag. Um, He was throwing out teams, and they failed. Well, guess what? I tried my hardest throughout the whole thing. I was focused on who I was picking. It wasn't that hard to do so, but I was focused and determined. In the final week, Week 20 Conference Championship, Alex went 0-2, love that zero goose egg, and and 1-1. Bringing the overall records before Super Bowl weekend could make it a little more respectable. Alex went 159 and 93, and I went 161 and 91, bringing the final tally to two, meaning there is no possible way that Alex can come back. Alex, your final words. This competition was extremely unfair. Um, (laughs) We're still investigating, uh, you know. We got to look into the, I mean, who, who counted these, you know, I'm not sure who was doing this. I think we need a recount. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what's going on. I think this was stolen from me. I'm not really sure what's going on. We'll have to have a full investigation, but congratulations to Josh for, you know, stealing this uh, competition. And he did a very good job at predicting games. And I did not do as good of a job by two games. So I'm very disappointed in myself. <laughs> It's really a sad day for me. But next year, I'm going to come back. I'm going to get every single game right. Wow. That's the thing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a beast. I come back. I come back stronger than ever. I'm coming back like Saquon. Next year, Saquon and I, I'm going to be jumping out of pools next year. I'm going to be lifting 500-pound weights. That's going to be me next year. And guess what? I'm going to win. I'm going to predict all 500 games of the season. Is there 500 games? <laughs> Probably not. But I'm going to predict them all. And I'm going to win next year. And Josh will be in the same position thinking maybe he stole it from me. But that time it won't be stolen. It'll be completely legit and I will win. That's my speech. See you next year. I'm never coming on this podcast again until next season because I can't deal with the shame of facing defeat. And I'm very sad and I don't really want to talk about it anymore. The Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. Adios. <laughs> and adios from Alex. Um Obviously, a mix of emotions in that final speech. I was actually very proud of you for that first half. You were really going about next year, and you gave me praise and then just went on a spiral of uh, emotions. Um, um, I don't really know how to react to that. Uh, you know, go into next year with all the <laughs> all the hope you want. Um, don't worry. He'll be on this podcast next week. That was, you know, just him in his imaginary land. But um, basically... We did. Oh, also, sorry. I've mentioned this before, Alex. I I think I said this already. 
when I first took the lead into the playoffs. I have all the records from each week. I will send you it at any time you want. Week one to this week of week 21, whatever the Super Bowl is. If you would like the numbers to recount, you go ahead and recount it. Um, I've made sure to double check. I triple checked when we went into the playoffs. And obviously, it's been simple numbers since then of six games at most in, in the week. Um, so if you really want to, if you really want to check, you can check. I'll give you the numbers after the show and you can let me know, um, you know, what, what, what really happened. So recount or not, you lost, um, but recount if you want. Um, but anyway, in the beginning of the season, we did talk about how um, the loser would have to do something. And I have that something I was going to do. It was going to involve an essay. I then change it to a paragraph. But we are making it a high school paragraph, which means our 8 to 10 sentences. Alex knows them well. Um, the 8 to 10 sentences, you can respond after, Alex. You can respond after. If you have listened to this podcast, you're a loyal listener of this podcast, you would know that dating back to when we signed him, when the season started, Alex's love and hate relationship, not just with PFF, but with the man himself, Isaac Yonam. Now, Isaac Yonam, what a player he is. You know, what a man. We have to get him on the podcast eventually. But if you've listened, you'll know Isaac Yonam. If you don't know, um, Alex is not a huge fan of Isaac Yonam. He has raged at Isaac Yonam. He has said Isaac Yonam played a good game. But now, in this uh, in this paragraph, he's going to love Isaac Yonam. Because, Alex, your punishment for losing to me is you have to praise Isaac Yonam in 8 to 10 sentences eight to 10 sentences. I'm having speech errors from this season writing how, how good he is and how grateful you are to have him on the giants. And that is your punishment uh, for this, for this uh, player pick or this uh, team picks this season. I think I'm going to go now. I'm, pre- I'm going to go freestyle Isaac Yadam. You know, you don't even have to wait till next episode. You ready for this? Isaac Yadam. Thank you for being on this team called the New York Giants. It's been an honor to watch you. Wait, do I have to say, can I not include any like digs in there to like nope. kind of track? You get fully up? praised. Eight to ten. All right. Maybe in the last sentence. All right, deal. Uh, okay. This is going to be tough, by the way. Isaac Yadam, you were very good this season. Um, I was a big fan watching you and number 27 right? Suited you really well. (laughs) You really lived on the legacy of DeAndre Baker in a fantastic way. And I hope you get signed back next season because they should give you a a $1 billion contract. Um, What else? You had almost an interception once, but then you (laughs) dropped it. But it was the other team's fault that you dropped it. So great job there. Um, what else? You were fantastic in coverage against all the receivers. Um, and you really only held them to like, probably gave up only like a hundred yards a game to receivers. Like that's fantastic. He's getting up there. Um, He's at six. He's at, I'm I'm just letting our listeners know he's at six. All right. Seven. Oh God, this is tough. Mentioned, uh, zone and man. You love mentioning. Oh, you were fantastic (laughs) in zone coverage and in man coverage. And the thing is that you were so good that sometimes they couldn't even have you on the field. It was like, you need to be on the sideline. It was like too much for them to handle. Um, And obviously I really, I just wanted to thank you for your fantastic work this season. Thank you, Isaac Yadam. 
and this has been terrible, and please don't ever come back to the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> There's the jab at the end. Um, you didn't even have to wait. That was that was wonderful, Alex. Um, you know, I think your your poetry or your paragraphs are are you know m- magical. They're wonderful. Um, they're amazing. And um, I think there's no other topics to cover on this podcast because of how well you did that, um, to, to be honest. And I think... Let's please end this episode. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll end this episode. So anyway, um, our Super Bowl picks for next week are both with the Chiefs. If you want a little more in-depth about this game, please go check out thegiantstake.com on Friday. Uh, Friday morning especially is when we drop them. I'm going to be having another blog post out then. Super Bowl preview and prediction. If you haven't seen already, go check out my free agent wide receiver targets article. Go check out Alex draft profile article on Jalen Waddle. Go check out my draft profile article on Kyle Pitts having trouble speaking, but it's going to be in depth on Tom Brady, the Buccaneers, Mahomes and the chiefs. And then I will give my score prediction and a little bit in depth of how I think the individual players that I mentioned in the article are going to do so go check that out, but we both have the Chiefs if you wanted to know our pick for the Super Bowl. Obviously, next episode, we'll have one more time to talk about it before the actual game. Alex, you have thegiantake.com. Go ahead. Thegiantake.com. We have our episodes. We have blog posts. We You can subscribe to our newsletter by scrolling to the bottom of the homepage, putting your email in there, clicking the submit button, and then you get a whole bunch of notifications whenever, or not a whole bunch, only specific notifications when new episodes or blog posts or any announcements come out. We won't be spamming your email, don't worry. Um, And besides that, you can also click support the podcast, which will take you to our Patreon, patreon.com slash thegianttake. And that has a $2 tier with fan requests, private community, and a shout out on the podcast. Go follow Alex on Twitter at Anorian23. Go follow me on Twitter at JoshSolo29. Um, also, go follow the Giant Take Pod on Twitter, the Giant Take on Instagram and Facebook. Um, we really appreciate it. Also, while you're on Twitter, go follow Talking Blues Pod. That's a Chelsea podcast. Um, turns out the actual coach or manager, whatever you want to call it, of Chelsea has recently been fired. Um, and a new coach has already been brought in. Kind of like the Pat Shermer, Joe Judd situation, if you want to compare it to the Giants. Except Alex wasn't so sad about Pat Shermer. He's crying about the loss of Frank Lampard, who was the former coach of Chelsea. Um, that's a little joke. And there, go listen to Talking Blues if you want to actually hear Alex's reaction to the sacking, is what we call it uh, in the UK. Or we're not in the UK, but is what you call it in the UK um, for for that stuff for for getting fired. Um, anyway, please drop a five stars rating and review. Please subscribe wherever you are listening. Um, and we will be back with another episode next week. Share it with friends and family, share on your social medias, and be sure to tag us at the Giant Take Pod if you're going to do it on Twitter at the Giant Take, if you're going to do it on Instagram and Facebook. We would really, really, really appreciate it. Um, Alex, please end this. Go ahead. That has been a wrap for episode number 78 of the Giant Take Podcast. I've been your host, Alex, always joined by Josh, and we'll see you next time with hopefully some Giants news.
Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.